Talk about dynamite. Talk about energy on stage. Talk about explosive rock concerts that you will never forget. When you look at all that in the dictionary, you're going to, to find High Wasted, the band led by Jessica Louise Dye and Jonah Bernstein. They just released their album Sick of Saying Sorry on May 22nd, and what an album it is. It is their sophomore album, and they have a really quirky 60s garage rock sound reimagined, kind of like surfboard, beach boys, surf rock, but definitely with an edge. It is something that everyone should experience, not only live, but in record. Uh, it is a pleasure to welcome today Jessica and Jono on the, a few days after they released their album and we talked about their career, we talked about their interests. Jessica is also a blossoming DJ in the New York underground scene. Jono is a great photographer. We had a great time talking. So join us on the J-Rod Concerts podcast for this fascinating talk into a band that you definitely need to hear High Wasted. And while I'm here, guys, let me please um, ask you to please uh, su subscribe uh, to my podcast. And while you're there, click on the five-star button. It really helps a lot with the iTunes algorithm. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is High Wasted. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I think my everything's loading. Hey. <laughs> hey. Okay, Jono, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, can you hear me? See yeah, me? Yeah. All good? So. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Happy Memorial Day. What a weird Memorial Day. Yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely. Oh, man. How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for your time, Jess and Jono. Of course, of course. Uh, doing pretty good. I uh, just kind of slept in a little bit because it's, it's a Monday where no one's working and uh, getting to it. Sure. I mean, first of all, congratulations, guys, on a fantastic, fantastic new album. You know, Sick of Saying Sorry just came out Friday. What an album. Yes. What an album, guys. It's been uh, not nonstop here in this household. Uh, and we'll definitely get to it. But first, I wanted to ask you both, you know, Jess, Jono, how are you guys the past, you know, two and a half, almost now three months? Uh, how, how have they been for you guys? Uh, we're keeping it together. <laughs> It's definitely, uh, I think everybody's ha has gotten their ups and downs and it's a lot of the same, <laughs> but we were very happy to be able to release this and work on this whole campaign uh, during this time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And obviously I want to talk about the new album, but first I'd like to go back to the beginning, if you will. Uh, High Wasted began in 2014 in New York's Lower East Side. Uh, Jess, maybe for you, how did the band start or, or how did you meet Jono? I know, you know, I know some founding members have moved on, but tell us about the baby steps of High Wasted, if you will. Um, I mean, Jono and I met dancing at Mercury Lounge and uh, <laughs> went our separate ways, me to go see a concert, him to go get some pizza. But we just kind of bonded immediately and started jamming on another project. And it was kind of 
just not happening easily. So I was like, Hey, you know, I have a bunch of surf songs. Maybe that would be more fun. And sure enough, it just clicked. And here we are fast forward to 2020. Unbelievable. Do you remember the song, Jono, that you guys were dancing to? Oh man, I don't remember the band we were dancing to that day. I was shooting a show and Tropics of Pisces. No, that was later at pianos. Was it? I don't remember. I, we should probably figure that out. <laughs> it was a double show, though. So whatever show it was, I have photos from the early show and the late show. So that's kind okay. Of funny. That's great. Um, but yeah, started like that, and really, we soon after brought on Stephen Nielsen, who was one of the founding members. Him and um, and um, Jeremy Hansen, and kind of got things kicked off. Yeah. On Ludlow. Uh, that's great. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the music of you guys is uh, is rooted in 60s surf rock. Obviously, that's like with the beginnings, acts like the Ventures, Dick Dale, the Safaris, they're all over the DNA of this band. Uh, but you add your own kick to it. Absolutely. You do definitely add your own kick. Uh, tell us a little bit about your influences, if you will, uh, guys, just for a second. Gosh, uh, I mean, I always say New York City, like not even music references, just like the, the old ethos of like showing up with the suitcase in your hand and figuring it out. And I think that like that old rock and roll sensibility definitely plays a role in our sound and vibe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and Jono, obviously you, you've guys had such great acclaim, Jono, you know, enemy magazine called you the buzz band to watch. GQ declared you the ultimate party band, no pressure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what does it feel like to have this accolades fall on you guys? Uh, it feels Cool. It's great. I mean, like, it's a little weird sometimes when you're out on tour and that's how people greet you. Uh, we're really <laughs> just like, we definitely love to party. Uh, and, you know, we're getting older now. And especially in a quarantine like this, it's just like, I don't know, we like to have a good time and the shows are that good time. And our friends know when they come out to do that, they're going to see a good time. Um, you know, the balloons and the booze kind of flow confetti. naturally confetti yeah this one I'm getting in trouble with confetti all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah amazing. uh we threw our last booze cruise this past year uh last summer and i mean we always try to clean up this boat but <laughs> it, there's tell, this tell us a little bit about this booze cruise if you will Jono, because this is fascinating stuff so we usually rent a boat for someone's birthday and it's usually birthday. many people's birthdays, but it's neither of our birthdays, but um, <laughs> we end up throwing this booze cruise with a bunch of different friends, bands, different bands over the years, different people coming into DJ and there's usually a liquor sponsor. Our friend Britt Parry has worked for PBR and now White Claw, which is, I want to say Mike's hard is like the parent company or all of that and has been a big supporter of it. And we're like, Hey, we want to do this thing. And she's like, sure. I can throw you a little bit of money and really I can throw you free booze and we usually partner with her and some other people. And that's the big thing. It like kicks off, it kicks off and um, you know, everybody, sorry, everybody's got an open bar thing going and it just kind of like, it lets the night go, but it's only like three, three and a half hours, but you would not believe how wild people get in that amount of time. And it's usually me and her that are like not really drinking at all because we got to make sure that people are okay and get off the boat. And then we have an after party and celebrate mm, everything. Mm, that's epic. But, that oh my gosh. Epic. It's, we have to kind of pump the brakes on it because I don't know how we're going to top it. 
you know, without getting a bigger boat. Yeah, good, good, <laughs> thing, good things need to have an ending. Yes, yes. You okay. don't want to be on season 10 going, why are we doing yeah. this? Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> jump the shark, I guess. All right, that's epic, though. And Jess, obviously, I mean, you, your concerts are basically dance parties. And, um, you know, haven't seen anything like them, really. I, I mean, just uh, scouring the, the online archives. Uh, we're playing, for example, Riot Fest in Chicago to 40,000 people. Like, tell us, like, you know, for, all, for, for those of us that have not been, you know, the orchestrators of massive parties with almost, you know, 50,000 people, tell us what that feels like. That's uh, scary. <laughs> I still get very uh, nervous going on stage. It's, it's funny, like, sometimes the shows with 40,000 people versus 40 they feel the same um, because it's really on you to bring your energy and like not get caught, like looking at people's eyes and wondering, are they enjoying it? The one's moving. What's happening. Um, <laughs> and then going, yeah. where am I in the song? <laughs> yeah. And then like, oh crap, what's going on? Right, you, know? you still got to play the song. Yeah. There's just so much to worry about. It's like, don't trip on your dress. Don't trip on your shoes. Did you click that on right. Like, oh yeah. Smile. Like it's, yeah, it can be very nerve wracking. It's funny because this is probably the longest I've gone without any sort of performance in front of people. And I, you hear this a lot, like in theater, you know, like breaking the wall, but like getting that crowd reaction and, and the, being fed by the crowd energy is so important. Um, I know I definitely miss it. I actually just read a really great piece by Dave Grohl was talking about that, you know, like feeding off yeah. of the energy of like a, a stadium. And I think unless you're a performer, unless you like experience that, um, the way you miss it will never be understood. But but as a fan though, but as a fan, people are experiencing what you're talking about. Um, you know, reading about that in the same way. People being like, you know, I can't feel the vibration in the same way from someone's live stream, let alone yeah. they're playing solo or a duo, and they're normally a full band. I I was in the car over the weekend and I was very hungover. Uh, we celebrated our album release on Friday night, <laughs> of and course. I. Went pretty hard, just a few of us over here. Um, and I'm sitting in the car and I like had to turn up the radio as loud as I possibly could because I feel like I haven't felt that in quite yeah. some time. Yeah. Well, it almost hurt, you know? But that's what people <laughs> miss. They miss that, that, that rawness. Of it. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I think that Dave Grohl piece went pretty viral. And, and I think we can all agree as music lovers, right? Like, I don't think there's a, a substitute for, for that connection that you guys embody so well. You guys, you guys are like this Bruce Springsteen, the river era of 2020, basically. The way you just crush into the crowd, surf, no Fs given. It's epic. So I can't <laughs> wait for that to come back. So, okay, moving on to you and Ludlow. Yeah, like you mentioned that just epic album. I mean, there's some jewels in there. Party in the back, Shanghai Spy. What a beaut! But Detonate, <laughs> Det Detonate is like my absolute favorite. Like that is like what a gem. Uh, but one of your music videos, right, for Hey Hey, is an is a really cool concept. It's an interactive 360 video. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about where that idea came from and and uh, you know, and a little bit about it? Yeah, I mean, that wasn't, we actually didn't have much to do with that. That was a Refinery29. They it was, wanted, it was Jackie. It yeah, was, it was Jackie Huntington. Yeah. Um, she's a brilliant creator. I think she's out in LA now. But uh, yeah, they sort of orchestrated the whole the whole thing and, and understood us of like what we love in terms of like bright colors and inflatables and confetti and balloons. Like it's pretty easy to make something look high-waisted. Like our, our look is so distinctive. Um, yeah, that was actually a really beautiful day. It was a, a nice yeah. 
spring day in New York City on a rooftop and lots of drinks to go around. Like I could totally, I wish we could have a day like that right now. It sounds yeah. really fun. A very unique day, right? Pre-pandemic for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, okay, so, so you mentioned how much you missed the, you know, the interaction with the fans on the road. I, you know, when you guys did the uh, Coke Spit EP, you guys were on the road like most of the year. Is there something that you don't like about being on the road? Is there something that you like being home about or something? Oh, I think I know what it is for both of us that we don't like. We call it party jail. Oh, man. <laughs> It's like when you are, because people like, they want to hang out with you. Like they're excited. You know, you're like, you just played a good show. They, you, they're like, come stay at our house. You do that. It's great. But like, But by 2 a.m., we've been driving all day. We played a show. Like, I'm exhausted. Like, I actually need to sleep sometimes, you know, as humans do. And it's like, more, more for your, more for like, for vote, for voice. Yeah, for my vocals yeah. too. So it's like, you get there and it's like, okay, like, I just need to take a little sleep. And like, you can't because the party's going on. So you're like stuck in this party jail. And there's been times where John and I have like blown up our air mattress, like in the middle of the party. And we're just like, mm okay, we're going to go to bed now, but you guys just keep going. Like we can sleep through this. It's chill. We got it. So yeah, party jail. I think everybody in a band on tour understands what that is. That's epic. Epic party jail. That's great. And okay. <laughs> and obviously your new baby sick of saying sorry. Um, I, I think the first thing that jumps out, you know, and you definitely get it by like the second full listen is how the first album, it seems like it's like YOLO living in the moment. Like let's crush it right now because why not? In this one, there is definitely a little bit of a reality check to it, isn't there? Yeah, and I think it's kind of perfectly timed with the pandemic. Like, I feel like it, we didn't, I mean, we didn't plan that. Um, like, I, I always say, like, sometimes I'm, like, secretly, like, telling the future through songwriting. And I think the vibe for this record just, like, really fits the way the world feels right now. Yeah. You just felt something was off. <laughs> yeah, just a little off. Exactly. Interesting. And Jono, uh, the, uh, the album was produced, obviously, by Tad Kubler of The Hold Steady, and uh, it was even mixed by um, Saves the Day, Arun Bali. What new elements did they bring to, to this record that you didn't have before? I think that, you know, um, we looked at everything from the start, and we spent a lot of time in pre-production kind of combing through songs and making sure that they felt as dynamic as they needed to. Uh, yeah. We weren't afraid to completely at times feel like we were kind of starting over when you, when you play a song on the road, you play a song at a lot of different shows and then someone goes, all right, this is great, but what, you know, where's this? Let's add this element. And then sometimes you're making these changes weeks before you're recording the final. And sometimes you're making changes. I mean, one of the songs we finished like takes before the final take, like in the studio. Um, You know, and that, that's like, that was working with Tad. He's a mad scientist of music, for sure. <laughs> and then for Arun, I mean, the dude just, uh, like, how much guitar experience, tones, and everything else, he was able to help us narrow down where we really wanted the things to settle, um, you know, in, yeah. in the final versions. Yeah. Yeah. Arun also did the split seven inch that you mentioned earlier. He mixed yeah. that for us. So he kind of already knew <clears throat> what we like and where our tastes are, you know? So yeah. Firebomb fire and free throw on that were kind of, they were songs that were recorded during that process. And we decided they wouldn't make that, that, el the, you know, uh -huh. saying sorry. And they just, they were a little too different. 
And we kind of, you know, made that, made that decision. And we're like, Hey, this is the perfect thing for us to get to know each other. And he loved it. And we really liked it. And it worked out pretty epic, pretty epic and amazing collection of songs. I just, I particularly want to ask you, I mean, there's some, there's some lyrics like, like in Ice Crying. I love the 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 melancholy. It's, you know, we both are guilty of editing what could harm the world. The night won't surrender to darkness or lose the hope for great songwriting moments like this. Do the words come first and then comes the music or do you get the tune first and then you fill it in with the lyrics? Oh gosh. Uh, it's, it's always a little different for each song. Um, I am writing constantly. I have like archives of, of thoughts and, and feelings. So uh, usually like a melody will come first and I will be able to place words to music second. Um, like once I know like what the, the song wants based on like the music vibe, you know? So yeah. yeah and I, I, but again, it, it like, it changes. Sometimes it starts like with a fully formed chorus. I'm like, this is the chorus. This is great. This is now we have to write a song around it. So um, I don't know. And I think as a songwriter, it's, it's fun and challenging to kind of listen to what the song wants and, and go, go that route. Interesting. It sounds like a living being. And how do you know when it's done? Yeah. Or, or how do you know when you feel at ease letting it go? Yeah, you don't. <laughs> I don't think. No, like even now, like I listen to the to Sick of Saying Sorry or On Low Low and I'm like, man, what if we like changed, you know, but like you can't, like you have to treat it like a photograph. Like once you take it, that's it, it's done. And then you have to just take those ideas that you're feeling and put them into something new. Epic, epic. And speaking of photographs, Jono, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about some of your side interests. Uh, Jono, you're, you're a photography lover, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I spent, what is it now, the last 10 plus years doing photography, different industries and stuff. Um, spent a lot of time in actually filmmaking as well. Ah, very interesting. Okay. So, yeah, it um, kind of ble- it bleeds over because Jess has an art history background as well. Um, it's pretty cool to be able to be on the same page. I mean, not always, but generally we're on the same page with the aesthetics of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it allows, it allows us to be our own art directors, whether we're doing the photography ourselves sure. for any of the project or we're working with some of our friends and kind of leading them to what we want to do. It, it's just like, it's, it, it's amazing to be able to do that um, where you watch record labels of the highest caliber not be able to achieve this stuff and kind of fumble. Yeah, like I'm Jono's number one fan for photography. I love his collection. I call it the archive. Like there's, there's always like new gems that he'll he'll find, and and a lot of it's on film too, which is super cool. Interesting. Yeah, the little I saw from Jono uh, online was outstanding. Just a unique perspective of New York City is what I saw. Really cool Mm -hmm. stuff. Thank you. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, you guys have been so cool with your time. Just have a couple questions. Yeah, Jessica, we've heard your guitar collection. Is uh, <laughs> it's better. It's even better than uh than your shoe collection. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I, think you, I think you. I think you. You're like starting to rival my Campbell. It's which is like really <laughs> kind of wild. You have you seen his videos lately? Yes. Stephen keeps sending them to me. I mean, Jess has guitars that at this point she hasn't even touched. Uh, yeah, she, it's bad. She, what what year Mustang was that that you picked up? And it's just sitting in the studio. I yeah. don't remember. I don't even know. <laughs> it was pretty. It, I bought it. It's it's those situations where like you have to have the philosophy of like never sell gear, and then also never turn down a bad deal, even if you can't good really deal. afford it. Sorry, never turn down a good deal if you can't right. afford it because 
you'll look back and be like, why did I do that? Why and did I, yeah, exactly. We've and all I have, done I have that, a guitar right? that got away. There's one yeah. jazz master I wish I had not sold. And I sold it to a buddy who, who plays it and tours with it. So it's, it's having a great life, but I tell You're him like, all, I can, I can I miss you. I tell him all the time. Like if you, if you like, just give it back, just sell it back to me. I'll pay twice <laughs> what you bought it for, for me for. So, That's fascinating. That's yeah. fascinating. So they have the, their own room. Or actually, you live in their house. How does that work? Yeah, no, I mean, they technically, like, between Jono and I are both, like, caretakers for them. Like, a lot of them, Jono has, like, a house with a studio in it that we record and rehearse out of, and a lot of them live there. Um, thank you, Jono, for taking care of my babies. And then yeah, summer in my yeah. apartment here, like, they're all over the place. Like, in New York, it's not a lot of storage, so I'm scattering them about. <laughs> now, we've yeah. got, we've got a, you know, vintage gear because we love how that stuff is constructed. We love how it sounds. Um, it's definitely become a, a thing where we have like a Tascam 388 that Steven, our old bandmate bought, but we also have like all these old microphones and I have drum kits from the late fifties and the seventies. And just like, mm-hmm. it, it's also like when you get into this, I can imagine this is what like classic car traders feel like as well. <laughs> you know, you're tapped into these different networks and the stuff pops up and then suddenly you have a deal sitting in your lap that you're like, I can't, I can't say no to a $300 Vista light. Like I can't, I can't say no to a $1,500 jazz master from 60, you know, whatever, like right. you just do it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think we all have our vice, but, but that's pretty epic. That's a pretty good one to have. <laughs> that's a pretty good one to have. Great. And um, all right. And Jessica, you mentioned you met Jono in the Mercury lounge, which yeah. is one of your uh, famed DJ stomping grounds. So, um, I just wanted to ask you, what are some of the craziest things you've seen in the New York City nightlife spinning records? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I like when people limbo, like they'll break out in limbo parties. I enjoy making an entire dance floor get down like on their knees during a breakdown and then like pop up and explode when the music <laughs> drops. Um, I like when people put their friends on their shoulders and like dance like that. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I've, that's like the tame stuff. I'm sure I've seen a bunch of terrible stuff. I can't even, I mean like, so Conan Moccasin made the entire crowd sit down at Mercury Lounge one day, <laughs> Yeah, which is wild that he even played there, but okay. We went, we went to that. We've seen, I stole that move. Ma- no, I know. It's Mac DeMarco <laughs> jumped off of the balcony while he was sick with a fever at our other favorite home Barry ballroom. I'm like trying to think of other like really silly wild stuff that we've seen artists do. I mean, I've seen like in terms of like what I've seen while DJing, I mean like tons of crazy, like one of the clubs I DJ at is like, it's it's called Berlin and there's like a huge VIP section right next to me. So I've seen some like wild behavior happen in the VIP section (laughs) with like bottle service and models and like New York's, you know, wealthy. But uh, in terms of like cool like down and dirty stuff. I mean, we had some good times at Gateway back in the day. Sure. Uh, back when there's this bar that's like a not a bar, but it's a bar um, called Never Neverland. Oh God! Yeah, when Naomi Campbell yelled at me, and do you remember okay, we were, that? We were there. You we were okay. We were in an empty bar. <laughs> it wasn't even the night hadn't started yet, and apparently Naomi Campbell is like part of an owner or such a big influencer in this space, and our friend Johnny. Um, Australian LA friend through 
that whole scene, uh, Fascinator invites Jess to DJ and we're like there and the night hasn't started. So Jess is kind of just like getting set up and this woman walks up cigarette in hand, you know, cause we're in this space. That's again, Darling. not really a space Darling. and just Darling. like lays it out. And we're both kind of like, what? Like and yells then, at me. She's like, you yeah. need to play more Rolling Stones. You need to play more blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm setting up. Like, I'm not even going yet. And I'm like, and I was like, excuse me. Like, who are you? Like, I got sassy back because I didn't realize it was a supermodel. Um, yeah. but I was like, can you please not ash on my gear? Like, get away from me. You know, just like straight over it. <laughs> no, and then the owner, the, like our buddy came over and was like, that was Naomi. Be nice. I was like, okay, sorry. Like, Oops. Okay. I'll play some Rolling Stones. What do you like, want? Only in New York. Yeah, that's only in New York. Such a a story. What an epic, epic story. Perfect place to leave. Just last question, guys. What is next for you guys? Obviously, the album's out. In normal times, I would imagine you'd be rocking the country, uh, throwing this to to your fans. What's the plan going forward for you guys with this cycle? Uh, You know, like... (laughs) I think the only plan we have is to not have a plan. Like we, it just seems silly right now. Like we, um, you know, New York is not open yet. Nothing's open. So I think just work on writing the next record. Like if everything right now is just going to be shared digitally and touring is not really an option, then might as well take this time to do what we do best. And that's make music. Yeah. There will always be more parties. Well, the parties will happen. Yeah. They'll be back. (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm looking forward. We we have one more music video that we haven't dropped yet. That's been done for now almost 18 months. It was the first one we filmed. It's going to be the last one. Well, not the last one, but the next one that we release. And we have a college radio campaign, which is, again, a weird thing to say right now. That's going to be starting uh, at the start of June, which we'd normally be going to colleges and kind of wrapping up and doing shows for the end of the year and, and all of that. But we're still we're still going to hold true to that and push that out to the fans out there yeah and some we'll be, i'll be doing some more dj sets that we'll be promoting <clears> on our <throat> socials and yeah tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow night um jess is doing you're gonna you're gonna do like solo acoustic right <clears throat> yeah jess is doing a solo acoustic cool. with emmett kai and um francis i'm blanking right now <laughs> i haven't had miles yet. miles francis there we go uh for the sultan room which is a wonderful new venue uh in new york and brooklyn and they've only been open for about a year. Uh, so we're definitely, we're going to do that and support that. Okay. And there's some other local venues in the area, like Alphaville and Our Wicked Lady and places that are doing like to-go cocktails. And they're kind of like, they're making cocktails to support the bands and the bands are supporting them. So yeah. they're able to do this to-go stuff. And some of them are offer- also offering merch. Um, so you can go in and like pick out merch or order it. It's, I don't know. If the communities are doing some cool stuff. So yeah, to... I, lots of like teaming up of local businesses and venues that have helped us over the years. It's really important to us. That's really cool. That's really cool guys. Well, can't wait for you guys to, to be on the road. I encourage everyone that can see you whenever we come back because the industry will come back. Yes, so whenever like everyone go catch this band, you'll have the time of your life. Guys, I'll go catch you. And if you're ever in, in, in South Florida and Miami, like, yo, sure, big, like, big shouts to, um, Jesus Ortega with the Electric Supply Company and Gabe Norwood, who now lives up here, and all those friends and people that have supported us when we're down there. Um, we never played Grumpies, but we've been down there. We've played storage containers. We've definitely hung out <laughs> in South Florida, but we can't wait Perfect. to come to Miami. Exactly. Yeah, Miami, 2021. 
stronger and better than ever. You guys will be back. Yeah. Great, guys. Thank you so much. Best Thank of luck. Thanks for having us. Of course. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Bye. it. Thank you.